0: Hi,
1: everybody. Hello. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Sticky Lips. Welcome, welcome. We're excited to do a special first episode based on Joaquin Phoenix's speech that broke the internet at the Oscars last week. So, without further ado, I guess we could go ahead and jump on in here. Let's
0: let's give this another listen.
1: Yeah, so... Um, I'm just going to play a short clip because um, he kind of rambles. And we can can talk more about that later. But um, just playing the basic clip that we're going to go into discussion on. So he seems to kind of attack the dairy industry in his speech. So here we go.
2: And the Oscar goes to...
1: Wacking Phoenix Joker. I think that we've become very disconnected from the natural world. And many of us, what we're guilty of is an egocentric worldview, the belief that we're the center of the universe. We go into the natural world and we plunder it for its resources. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow. And when she gives birth, we steal her baby. Even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable, and then we take her milk that's intended for her calf, and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. And that's the little clip that we're about to dive into.
0: Yep.
1: So, Belle, do you want to get
0: started? Because yes. I know nothing about dairy. So. Yes. Let's chat, everybody. Okay. Your Muru is here. <laughs> Fear not. I think, Alex, I think I want to start this discussion by just saying... You are entitled to your choice to consume dairy products, to not consume dairy products, to consume whatever you like. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just so important to have as many facts as you can, and to also realize where your information comes from. Joaquin Phoenix, great actor, deserved that Oscar. Joker was not my cup of tea, but he did a great job acting in it, and this is the platform that he chose to to speak about. But if you look at it, Joaquin is a huge face for PETA,
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: people for the ethical treatment of animals, which is... In my opinion, a really biased organization, doesn't do a lot of research, very extreme. Uh, additionally, he's a pra- he is a practitioner of what's called speciesism.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: there's racism, there's sexism, there's speciesism. It is the this philosophical belief that you are better than animals because you're not an animal.
2: Hmm.
0: It's an interesting concept. It kind of dives into the difference between animal rights versus animal welfare. Mm-hmm. Two very different things. So, uh, earlier this week, I told Alex about this speech because I was watching the Oscars, and we decided we were going to talk about it on Sticky Lips, and she sent me a great list of questions, some of them a little too tricky for me to answer at this time. I have more research coming. Shout out to Allie from New Zealand, who is literally sending me documents as we speak.
1: Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Allie.
0: (laughs) Um, But I got down to the core of it. And one of the first things that you had asked was, what is true about the dairy industry that puts it in a negative light? Uh, and Joaquin actually talks about this, is the, the truth is, yes, calves are separated from their mothers, mm-hmm. often within 24 hours. Now, your mom. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying.
1: Yeah, that seems like worst case scenario in my life. Yeah.
0: It sounds horrible. Yeah. It's I don't so, even want to think about it. I, I know you don't. And, and... I understand. And it's that's one of those things that it is very easy to, to take that idea and make it sound bad. Because if I just sit here and say, did you know cows are taken away from their moms? It sounds horrible. Yeah. I do want to mention that there is a reason um, that that happens. Mm-hmm. It's mostly because it is beneficial to the health of the calf. And I know that sounds weird. But a newborn calf going to weigh between 80 to 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. Whereas their moms weigh around 1,500 Hmm. So moms give birth in the little calving pen. I shouldn't say little, it's not. It's but it is a pen that is fit meant to befit the mom and the calf. Um there is a big size difference and there's something that's called uh, benevolent neglect that mm. can happen in dairy cattle. Maybe the mom steps away for a bit when the calf is trying to get milk and knocks it over mm-hmm. or maybe the mom hears the food is coming mm-hmm. and, and the calf gets hurt in the process. It's primarily for their own protection and it does happen more often than you think. Hmm. Um, it's also one something that allows for calves to be nursed right away. Calves have to be very nutritionally sound, and a lot of times when you had when you have your baby, you fed her. Yeah, they're hungry. They're hungry.
2: Mhm.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. Cows might not necessarily think like that. Okay. It's not necessarily in their instinct to nurse right away, especially if they are used to being on a feed schedule. Mm-hmm. They know food's coming around. We have a cat at our house. Her name is Polly. She has been <laughs> physically and verbally assaulting me since about 2 o'clock this afternoon because she gets fed at 6. <laughs> Nothing's going to get in Polly's way No, around food time. Same concept. Right. Not even a baby. As weird as that may sound. So they're
1: just... So they're, they are essentially in fight or flight. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's where it is different. We can't compare how we would feel to another species. Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: And the final point I want to touch on that is that just like, like your newborn baby is, um, I said about her nine-year-old daughter, but <laughs> calves are exceptionally <laughs> susceptible to disease, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of disease in manure. So if a mother is in a calving pen and she's got a lot of manure around her, that calf is more susceptible to disease. So, calves are raised in what's called a hutch. Mm -hmm. It's like a little tiny house that's perfect for their size, and they have their own fenced-in area. Mm -hmm. As they grow up, they are eventually moved into groups of three or four calves. And actually, I found a great study from the Journal of Dairy Science uh, that looked at the play behavior of calves as a method to observe uh, dairy cattle welfare standards. And what it showed is that Allowing calves to have social time with other calves actually improves their body weight and their social behavior, Hmm. where there was no conclusive evidence that there is a positive effect on weight and social behavior if the calf is with the mom. Hmm. They may gain some weight within the first two or three weeks extra if they get any extra feeding, and extra colostrum, but there's nothing beyond that. And Hmm. that that weight often goes away. Right. So, just kind of tie it back to what we were talking about with Joaquin. Calves being ripped away from their moms is a really dramatic way of putting it. And it is true, and it's really easy to turn that into something that sounds terrible, but at the end of the day, it's something that is done for the health of everybody.
1: So essentially, um, from what I gather, mm-hmm. these organizations such as PETA, mm-hmm. they get really attached to an emotional
2: mm-hmm. reason
1: and with that they use influencers to push their message but at the end of the day none of these people are actually involved in the day to day and because of that the message gets skewed and you don't know what to believe
2: yes okay yes
0: i All always right. find funny that the first point he makes in that speech is how disconnected we've become with nature mm-hmm. your farmers are literally outside every day yeah especially dairy farmers mm-hmm. Those calves are milked three times a day. Now, the whole process itself takes about five minutes with modern milking technology. Mm -hmm. But that's still three times a day. You have to move those cattle into the parlor, move them back out, make sure they're on their regular diet. So I find it really funny that that was a point that he wanted to bring up.
1: Yeah. uh So, okay. So just to tie it back together in another perspective, so the calves are getting taken away mm -hmm. for their safety and their overall well-being. Mm-hmm. They're not being taken away solely for them to be traded as veal, or to, or I'm sorry, whatever whatever the word is called. No, I don't know if it's traded or
2: raised. raised. Okay, so
1: raised for like veal production, or um, the sole pro, the sole reason to take them is to keep you from drinking the mother's milk, so humans can have it.
0: Well now so this is kind of where it gets tricky. The the yeah. calves are bottle fed. But are they drinking their mother's milk? No. Oh, what are they drinking? They they're drinking milk. It's not from their mom. They're being they're being fed bottles. They're uh, a lot of them actually get started with a very lightweight grain mm. uh within the first couple of weeks of their lives. Um so that this, probably
1: also speeds up their like
0: their growth. This is to help this is to yeah. help them grow. Uh, a lot of it also has to do with immunity. Um, they are are fed; a, they're usually fed a milk, or it could be a, a milk replacement that's going to have extra nutrients in it mm. uh, within the first three days of their life. Okay. Um, and usually between four and eight weeks, they are weaned from milk completely. Okay. Yeah. So they're not drinking their mother's milk. We are harvesting that milk, but they are drinking milk. Okay. So yeah. it's,
1: it's kind of like, it might not be directly their mothers, but they're yes. still getting cow milk. Yes,
0: okay. exactly. And now as far as the veal industry goes, I can't, I I am not that familiar with the veal industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine the distinction would be similar between cattle that are raised for beef and cattle mm-hmm. that are raised for dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's just more of... The calves are separated from their moms, and from Joaquin's speech, that's really the only thing that I have gathered to be true. Mm-hmm. They are separated from their moms. But it's not in a cruel way. Um, if you are ever around to go visit a dairy, uh, we live in Fort Collins, Colorado. We have morning fresh dairy up in Bellevue. Um, I think you'd, it'd be really good for everybody to go look at a dairy at once because you can see how these calves are treated. And the ones that are the, the dairies that are doing it correctly are treating those mamas like queens, because so yeah. that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the babies get really good social time, they get a lot of extra nutrients, they're in a safe environment where they're not going to get sick, they can run around and mm-hmm. grow. Because usually, by the time a cow is two years old, she will be having her first baby.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, it's. I always say it's... It's. I. People can accuse... Um, farmers of being abusive of their animals and and we're going to be real here there are some bad apples that have done that Mm -hmm. and of course they've ruined it for the rest of us right thank you but it's in our best interest to keep our animals healthy and Mm -hmm. happy
1: yeah well and there was an actual and i i wish i would have saved this but i was reading an article the other day it was it was probably like fox news or nbc something Mm -hmm. but they basically had interviewed a farmer about Joaquin's speech, mm-hmm. and he said it was utterly ridiculous. hmm
0: Hit. <laughs> utterly. <laughs> did you see what she said there?
1: I don't, I don't know they, if he actually said utterly, but he missed a good opportunity. Thank he God didn't.
0: one of us finally did. I was waiting. <laughs> but yeah, I was waiting.
1: Not only did he say it was utterly ridiculous, he said that he has, Joaquin
2: mm-hmm.
1: has no idea what kind of pressure is put on farmers to feed the world.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And he also has no idea how his cows are actually treated. Mm -hmm. And he straight up invited Joaquin to come to his farm and just see it. He said, this is your invite.
0: Yeah. I I think Joaquin should. Yeah.
1: I think he absolutely should. Yeah. But, I mean, do you think he will? I
0: mean... He seems like a pretty down to earth guy. Yeah. I feel like he would go. Do you think Pita would be okay with that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no Joaquin Dead None. in his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't trust you. <laughs> Ooh, scary. Yeah. All but right. hopefully that gives you, because I know we were talking about this in our kitchen a couple days ago, mm-hmm. and, and you were getting very, not, not upset, but like you were really getting emotional and conflicted about it. Yeah. Because it's a scary concept. Well, I get and it. the
1: way he phrases it, it does put it in a perspective that makes me want to think, well, I wouldn't want this, so do cows want this? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm just like, how, ha- finding this like hard yeah I, I couldn't even imagine what you would say that would persuade me otherwise yeah. after that speech and then it just clicks and i'm like oh my god he is an actor on the oscars Boom. of course he has practiced this speech of Boom. course he's getting emotional this is his full-time job Boom. oh my goodness and it just it just yep. clicked so yep Okay, so I do have a few more questions, just Please. Just to, please, just to got, really, like, bring home, got like, more notes. how ethical it. is the actual dairy industry and where exactly is it going in the future? Yeah. So, my second question yeah. is, so my next question is, what is the actual nutritional difference mm-hmm. between dairy and non-dairy products? Okay.
0: I love that you brought this up. Okay. So, we've all seen the different substitutes. We've seen... I'm I'm going to use the word milk, even though I hate using it in this context. (laughs) I hate it. Almond milk. Cashew milk. Oat milk. I don't know if anybody's seen The Ranch on Netflix, but they have an issue with almond milk there, too. And the dad goes, show me the tit on an almond. I love that dad. And I quote him. (laughs) It's a great show. And I quote him every day because it bothers me. Yep. So... The, the, the I will say, I think it's great that there are dairy substitutes. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to partake in dairy or maybe you just like the taste better or for whatever reason, you have a choice. And I think that's fantastic. But what I do want to discuss is the the process of making a, a nut-based milk. I'm kind of just going to pick on that more so than the oat milk or the soy milk. Yeah. Um, but it takes 15 gallons of water to produce 16 almonds. Wait.
1: Okay. How much water does it take to raise, or a, a gallon of milk for a cow? Like, can you can you a do cow that? mouth a cow Ma- mouth
0: a, a cow in a day will produce a mature dairy cow will produce twelve gallons of milk. Okay. In one day.
1: But they don't consume that much water. Or
0: they, do they they do. I, really I want to say here. the number is between eighty and a hundred gallons of water. Okay. But. The, I, I will have to double check on that, that number in particular, but it's, in the long run, I would argue that it is more efficient to raise a cow than it is to raise nuts, Mm -hmm. just because that cow is recycling the water. Mm -hmm. Um, nuts are one of the most water intensive crops, almonds in particular.
2: Hmm.
0: It takes a lot of water, and that water is actually depleted from the groundwater. um, which, in California, where 80% of your nuts are grown, fun fact, the land of fruit and nuts is California. Mm-hmm. Um, the table in the San Joaquin Valley, which is where I was going to move, mm-hmm. back in the day I was going to move to Bakersfield, it was a very hard time for all of us. Very hard. It was very difficult. Didn't happen. We did. It didn't happen. <laughs> Can you see how sad she is? So sad. She was, her life was so difficult. <laughs> but the water table in the San Joaquin Valley is actually lowering mm. because of how much water we have to deplete for nut growth. Um, additionally, I've always found this interesting. Uh, conventional nuts are uh, one of the crops that do utilize pesticides.
2: Hmm.
0: Now we're not going to get too into pesticides because we could do a whole other episode about that. Yeah, but my very condensed version of, of pesticides is: please don't worry about them right now. There is no science that shows that they are harmful in the long run. Hmm. They, at least to humans. To the environment, it is a different story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, a lot of conventional almonds, in particular, utilize pesticides, and they uh, are actually uh, leaving a residue. Which, again, for us, not a problem. For other animals, it is, and that particular animal is a honeybee, mm. which is already endangered.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, this—I'm getting to the nutritional difference, but I wanted to kind of discuss the process Paint the first. Yeah. Build on it. Yeah. Um, so. A lot of uh, milk replacements need to have something called carrageenan. Have you ever heard of it? Nope. It's a great thing. Okay. It's a great thing. It is uh, based from seaweed,
1: okay.
0: and it is used in food processing as a, th- a thickening agent. Mm. Um, like flour. Like flour. <laughs> exactly. Um, however, uh, it has been known to trigger inflammation and gastro- gastrointestinal st- distress in some people. Mm. I can actually attest to this. Part of the reason I, I am, I particularly am opposed to, uh, almond milk. I can't even say it without cringing. <laughs> um, I, uh, have psoriatic arthritis. I've had it since I was, like, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to be very careful about what I eat. That's why I can't eat too much sugar. That's why I have to have sugar-free a lot of things. Um, my joints can get inflamed really, really badly, and it hurts. And I have noticed that when I drink your almond milk, um, I can at times feel it. Mm-hmm. I feel that in my joints. So, yeah. and that is actually from carrageenan. So that's not in dairy milk. It's not going to be in your dairy milk. Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, so I think, I just think that's an interesting factor. Now, now, to be completely real, there's not that much of a nutritional difference. Mm-hmm. You're going to get your protein, you're going to get your calcium. It's kind of just more along the lines of, there are different ingredients, mm-hmm. uh, and you have to remember, you know, what goes into growing an almond versus raising a cow. Yeah. Both of them have their pros and cons. Yeah. But you, it, I think it's just really important for people to know that just because it's a pretty box, and it has, you know, almond milk on it, doesn't mean that it's going to be significantly better for you. Right. It might work for your lifestyle. You've drank almond milk in the past. I've seen you drink I it. You it. enjoy it. I love it. You love it.
1: Unsweetened only.
0: Oh, my God. No I flavor. God forbid.
1: <laughs> it's so good.
0: Watch out. The queen of fun is here. <laughs> your whole family drinks it, too, don't they?
1: Mm.
0: No? I thought Ellie drank it. By force. By force. That is the most bomb okay. thing I've ever heard. I, she likes it by force.
1: <laughs> so the thing about Ellie is she drinks so much milk, and I'm like, God, she does. Hot damn, girl. Let's mix a little almond milk in that. I think it'll be healthier. Yeah. You know, and that's just yeah. kind of how I think. Yeah. I don't know if it's actually healthier. Yeah. I don't know if that helps the environment or the cows in general. Yeah. Probably doesn't even put a drop in well, the bucket. Yeah. But that's just kind of like my thinking. But it makes you happy.
0: Yeah. Okay, there you go. That's, but, that's <laughs> what this is going to be all about, is giving you facts, yeah. and then you make your decision. Yeah. And hell, if you want to be one of those people that goes between cow milk and almond milk... <laughs> you can't do it. I can't. I guess I'll still love you, but you can be <laughs> that weird family. <laughs> that's
1: fine. It's, I like the taste of almond milk better.
0: I find it a lot... Did you know, um... Guess the uh, demand increase, without looking at your screen... Between 2010 and 2015 for uh, for the market for almond milk. Because it's insane. 10%. 250%. Are you kidding me? I am dead serious. Are
1: you kidding me? I am dead, dead serious. serious. My information
0: right now is coming from a sustainability uh, study that was conducted at University of California, San Francisco. Uh, okay. Yeah. You are not the only one that likes almond milk. Well, Don't you worry.
1: I wonder if it's the... Um the ethical push. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that has a totally. huge influence. Yeah. Okay, so my question then, yeah, since it takes so much water to produce such few almonds,
2: mm-hmm.
1: would we let's say everyone is like, you know what? Joaquin is Jesus, okay? <laughs> His word is gospel. Yeah. Um, we're throwing out the milk, let's all switch to almond milk. Would we be able to support that over
0: time? Now, a little bit of this is my conjecture. I'm going to be completely okay. honest with you. I personally don't think we can. Okay. Um, One of the first statistics I learned in college, my I remember it, my very first day of Food Animal Science 101, my mm-hmm. freshman year, first thing I heard is that our pop global population by 2050 is going to reach 9 billion, at least. Uh, That's just projected trends. So, with how much water it takes to grow almonds in particular, uh, and with how much debate there is about current water policies (laughs) over water rights, um, I do not think it will be sustainable. And I do think that if it does, if they can meet the global demand, it's going to be so expensive. And the honeybees are going to be screwed. Honeybees (laughs) are screwed. They're (laughs) gone. Which, you know, and that's a whole other problem in itself. Yeah is the lack of the honeybees. So, to answer your question, no, if it is, it's going to be very hard to attain. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Or, what we would do is have to alter public perception. Mm -hmm. We as a society are very used to going to the grocery store and and seeing food that's not even in season on the shelves, fully stocked. And when it's not there, people get upset. Mm -hmm. And that could be the reality. Yeah. You know?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So... One of two things has to happen. We either have to alter perception and somehow convince people to be okay with not having everything all the time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or we have to find, find a, a middle ground between right. price and demand.
2: Right.
1: Well, and I know that this is probably a bad question, because you don't... There are no bad questions. You don't ask
2: mm-hmm.
1: a person who is in a adulterated relationship mm-hmm. if the mistress... Is a good person. Because obviously they're going to be biased. Right? Yeah. But.
0: I, she, she's what, a hoe, but she's a nice hoe.
1: Yeah. Like, obviously <laughs> the person that is directly involved is not going to say
0: that. Of course not.
1: But I'm still going to ask. Yeah, as you should. Do you think that organizations mm-hmm. like PETA mm-hmm, are reflecting on... The environmental
0: damage that
1: comes from nuts. No. It's kind of a catch-22, right? It's like, kind,
0: of, It kind of is. Mm-hmm. I, I get what you're asking. I think the answer is no.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: think Pete, because here's the thing. I'm going to give Pete a credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. They got these huge-ass celebrities on their campaign. Yeah, Khloe Kardashian did a huge campaign for them back in the day. Mm-hmm. And my girl, Chloe Money, broke my heart. But she looked great doing it. Yeah. Um. So I think I think PETA's main objective is to get you to look. They they love to use fear based marketing. Mm-hmm. They thrive off it. It is fun for them to mm-hmm. show you those horrible clips. Fun fact: a lot of those god awful clips that you see of the animals being abused are outside the U.S. where they don't have as many welfare policies in place that we do. Mm-hmm. Um. So, no, I don't think they're necessarily looking at that. I don't think they're thinking about the long term. I think all they're thinking is, how can I get you to feel horrible enough to completely alter your lifestyle without second guessing it? Yeah. And and that's what happened. You heard that speech, and you literally told me, I don't think there's anything you could tell me to fix mm-hmm. this. Yeah. But
1: they, it, it quickly changed. It
0: quickly changed, <laughs> but they got you.
1: Yeah. They did good. get me. They, like,
0: they got their hook in me. They're good, you know? man. Oof.
1: Yeah. They
0: scare me. All right. found a t-shirt that said, people eating tasty animals, and I thought that was hilarious.
1: I should get that for you, you for your birthday next month. My
0: birthday is in six weeks, everybody. Yes. Just a heads up.
1: Just a heads up. All cool. right. So, my last question. Yes. When did award shows, like the Oscars,
2: mm-hmm.
1: become a place for nominees Mm -hmm. to push their political agendas during their acceptance speech. Like, how is that even remotely relevant?
0: Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Yes. So here's, again, and now this is kind of off, like, I didn't necessarily do research on this part. I looked up some dates. Yeah. But like, this is more conjecture. I think a lot of it, um, is, they're referring to it as the Joaquin Phoenix effect. That's (laughs) what's going on. Um, they're also looking into the trend of veganism mm-hmm. because at the end of the day that's what it kind of is it is a lifestyle trend
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and it is picking up uh the vegan initiative uh actually had a, over 250,000 participants in 2019 it's this big online program they start in january they call it vegan i can't even say it veganary <laughs> the month of january it's a big online campaign it's it's pretty cool um 250,000 participants hmm. last year uh so i think I think pushing political agendas at award shows is not necessarily new in concept, yeah. but this whole plant-based menu thing is. Right. That started this past year. Um, Joaquin Phoenix actually had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been swooping up awards for Joker, uh, and he had been pushing the plant-based agenda. And I think, I think it's just one of those things of like, you know, you win an Oscar, you know, as one does, mm-hmm. as we have. You win the Oscar... You go up there, and that's your moment Mm -hmm. to say something. To really make an impact. To make an impact, because the whole world's watching you.
1: Well, and I get influencer marketing. I just wonder how long that will last, because the thing with influencer marketing is humans don't like to feel tricked. And his speech was done very well, Mm -hmm. and you could tell he really knew when to pause and his timing was amazing. Mm-hmm. However, when people start picking up that there is a pushed agenda there, I think it's going to turn people off. yes. So I, I'm re- very interested
0: to see how long that actually will last. yeah I, I think it'll be I think it'll be very interesting especially mm-hmm. because um, veganism is so prominent within mm-hmm. influencer marketing. Um, they're actually called vegan influencers. Yeah. But I think it's very interesting how quickly this started. I think that's a little bit of an indicator of how quickly it might end. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because, I, and, and maybe you can attest to this because you work in the marketing industry. I think times are changing. Mm-hmm. I don't think our generation is a generation anymore where you can just show us something and we're going to buy into no. it. No. We're going to do the research. Mm-hmm. I have to watch YouTube videos when I switch shampoo. Yeah. Like, if we're that generation that wants to know, well, how much of it is what, of what you're telling me is true, and how much of it are you saying it because you're a paid sponsor?
2: hmm
1: Well, and, and I think the influencers, like, today, this is kind of where I see marketing shifting. We have the influencers that we know. They get paid. This is what they do. hmm And they're great. hmm And then you take it to the next step of actually finding... The reviews or, you know, that social proof to show that you want to invest your money there. And nine times out of ten, you've got competitors you can also compare to. And we're making a lot smarter decisions over time. But that's where even with a vegan thing, like, people are jumping on board because they have all these emotional responses. But how long is it going to take people to even question those ethics? Yeah. And where is that middle ground? Yeah. What is actually best for our environment, for our children, for mm-hmm. everyone? So for the livelihood of the animals, you know. Yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah. Well, then let me ask you this, because because fun fact, Alex was a vegan. Um, but tell me about how just how this whole discu- this whole discussion, like like tell me what what are you just thinking right now? I'm
1: thinking that there is a lot of ethical companies out there trying to push their agenda to be right mm-hmm. the problem is when they are sold on one thing being right they don't always see the pers- the other side mm-hmm. and with that i just think that it makes me question my choices more than i normally would sure. just like Sure, I went vegan, and it was fun. And honestly, I I do feel like I had more energy. I felt lighter. I lost weight. I was eating really clean. You were. Ultimately, that was what was going on. I wasn't eating Pringles. I wasn't eating the frozen foods. It was all vegetables, all from the farmer's market. And I would sit down and make everything from scratch. So it was like plant-based vegan. Yeah. And, you know... At the end of the day, I do think it was a great diet. It was hard to maintain. Mhm. And with the nuts, like I ate a lot of nuts. I made nuts out of cheese. Oh my gosh, she had the best or food. cheese out of nuts. She
0: made the best cheese.
1: Yes. Damn. And that was it good. and it was amazing. You can also make it out of just butternut squash though. Mm-hmm. And now knowing that nuts are also a risk to other mm-hmm. species. Mhm. You know, it's going to make me more skeptical. But those are not the things that, when you're trying to learn about veganism, that's going to be discussed. Yeah. So it's not. It's just really important to know how to search your information and know where to find it. Yeah. Before you make a decision, and can't you just you can't take it at face value anymore.
0: No. And even on the other side of the argument, there are a lot of really thorough uh, studies about veganism. There are a lot of really, I think, positive mm-hmm. vegan influencers who have great. Hacks and recipes and tips. Mm-hmm. Just for the love of God, do not confuse watching Joaquin Phoenix's speech and doing a Google search on PETA. <laughs> do not let that influence your, your decisions, decision. please.
1: Right, <laughs> please
0: don't do that.
1: I mean, and even on the other token, don't just read about what dairy farmers say is right. Sure. Like you need to, you need to look at at the whole entire yes issue and try to weigh out what's going on what's the actual truth mm-hmm. know how to search you know for your your information obviously you don't need to go to these big publications that have agendas to push NBC sure. Fox CNN I mean BuzzFeed, anything that you literally just pay to get yeah. pushed, that isn't real. You yeah. need to look at real studies. Yes. And
0: yes. and I'm more than happy to share the sources that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I Most of this information came from the National Dairy Council. Uh, actually, I do want to talk about this really briefly. They have a great three-part video series on YouTube. Each video is like seven minutes long. <laughs> uh, it's called The Utter Truth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and they do three, three videos. The first one is on big farms. Um, the first, the second video is on antibiotics in milk,
2: mm-hmm. uh, which
0: is a very hot topic. Uh, and the third is on animal care uh, in dairy farms. And I think anyone should just go watch it. National Dairy Council is a, a great organization. They work with a lot of dairy farmers, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is always good to hear directly from the source. I also quoted the Journal of Dairy Science, uh, the New York Times. Uh, A sustainability project, like I mentioned, at the University of California, San Francisco. And Beef Magazine. So I'll totally admit, I have some biased sources in here. Beef Magazine's not going to sit here and sing the praises of a vegan diet. Great magazine, though. (laughs) But you use those first and let those guide you to the -hmm. scientific resources. Right. That's kind of how it should be done. Now, a lot of people don't have the time to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's where we step in. Yeah. And we can just talk about it. But please... (laughs) Don't Thanks. just follow PETA on Twitter and watch Joaquin's speech and just stop eating everything. Please don't do that.
1: You will become malnourished and you will die.
0: <laughs> you really run mean girls. You will get chlamydia and die.
1: <laughs> that PE teacher has influenced me all through life.
0: I did right. not know that was a movie until I was in high school. Oh, fact. Okay. <laughs> it was a hard time. You deprived but yourself. That's, that's all I have for you yeah. on the dairy industry. I hope you all have some good information mm-hmm. to just live a little more of an informed life.
1: Yeah, this was great. Thank this you great. so much for listening, and tune in next time. We will see you
0: next time. Woo-woo. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.